On today's show, Donovan Mitchell traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What are the Cleveland Cavaliers wanting to accomplish with this? And what about the Knicks? Did the Jazz make the right deal? We'll talk about that and a little bit of Eurobasket on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On NBA is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow is to comment below. What do you think? What was your initial reaction to the Donovan Mitchell trade? Did the Jazz make the right move? Let us know in the comment section. And we're back again. Joining me from Locked On Nuggets and DNVR. What you got for me, Adam Mares? Uh, a weirdly busy day in the NBA. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I didn't expect a busy day today, but here we are. It was one of those where we were like, dang, what are we going to talk about yesterday? And then today it's like, oh, there's just a million things. There was like eight games of Eurobasket. There was, uh, there was a huge trade. There's all these just different things. So, yeah, a lot of stuff to get into. We'll break down the Donovan Mitchell trade. We'll talk about the Cavs perspective of it. What are the Cavs? What does this Cavs core look like now? Like their depth chart all of a sudden looks like they're ready to contend. I don't know to contend for what, but we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Jazz side of it. They apparently had a big decision to make whether they wanted to uh, whether they wanted to take the Knicks deal or whether they wanted to take the the Cavs deal. And so we'll talk about that. And then we'll talk about the Knicks side of it. A couple of people thought it was in the bag. <laughs> people thought it was in the bag for, for Donovan Mitchell to go to the Knicks. And uh, now I he's not going was. there. And then we'll talk I'm about some of people. Then we'll talk about some of the Eurobasket stuff. But let's talk about let's start with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the deal is, if you haven't seen it by now, which it, it was a shot heard around the world. Um, Cleveland sent Larry Marketing, Colin Sexton, Oche Abaji, three unprotected picks to Utah. So 2025, 27, and 29. Those are those are out there picks. Um, and then yeah. pick swaps in the, in between years, so 26 and 28. And Donovan Mitchell, the lone guy going back to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What were your thoughts and what's your reaction to the Cavs side of this? I think it's a great deal. Honestly, I think it's a great deal for both sides, but I think it's a great deal for Cleveland, who has a really interesting team. I mean, they enter next season to me as a top three or four most interesting team in all of the NBA. Um, you know, losing the players that you did, Colin Sexton, you knew, was probably a guy that was on the outs anyway with the emergence of, of uh, Darius Garland. So he was a guy you already looked at as expendable. Lowry marketing, okay, good player, but you got a front court that's already great there. I know it worked last year, uh, you know, playing some of that three big lineup, but that wasn't going to be a long term fit. And then Achaya Baji is a guy that's, you know, he wasn't ever there. So you're not really attached <laughs> to him. I think he could be a good player. So you get rid of guys and then picks that, Worry about that down the line, but you put together a roster that I look at and I have no idea where they fit into the Eastern Conference. I, They might be really good. They might be like near the top of the Eastern Conference. It's exciting. It's like they it's it's like, OK, they may be on a t if we tiered the Eastern Conference, they may be yeah. in, in between that group of like, all right, there's the top group of like Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, Philly. Right. And then there's the right. next group of like Toronto and uh, and then the Cavs were there and then like you know, the, the, um, yeah, yeah. There's just, there's like that group under underneath them and they're probably like right in the middle there, but they, there's a chance like this team could be so good. And if these four guys, especially gel together, then they could be in the top. Like they could have a really good regular season. It's interesting to me that now we're doing the Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland backcourt, 
where if he went to the Knicks and it was a Jalen Brunson backcourt with Donovan Mitchell, right. there would be the, oh, LOL, the Knicks with their small backcourt. How are they going to defend? But now we get this interesting <laughs> experiment of, all right, you have these two small guards and Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, but then you have two centers. It's like right. wings be damned. We're just going to be like guards and centers on this team. And I kind of think it's going to work. And like you mentioned, their their depth, Karis LeVert coming off the bench, Ricky Rubio, um, uh, Kevin Love coming off the bench. Like this team all of a sudden is like, like really ready to go. Yeah. I mean, the, the piece that makes it different from New York is, is obviously Mobley. I mean, he's yes. a guy that, that can be a defensive player of the year type candidate uh, in short order. And so you look at the youth they, 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 with Donovan Mitchell, he's a little bit older than, you know, the other two guys, but he's not that old. I mean, he still has a long runway of his prime ahead of him. So um, I think that's the difference is you have pieces behind those two that you feel can be, that can make up for some of the defensive shortcomings. But I will say when we get to the like contender t- tier, when you're talking about the Boston's, the Milwaukee's or whatever, I do look at this team and think that that backcourt probably is going to be more fun and more regular season successful than playoff successful. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Cleveland's not in the spot where they have to worry about that. Like right. they're still in the climb and this helps them climb a little bit faster. And you talk about they're in, they're in this for the long run. Like they have Mitchell for three years, so this next upcoming right. season, then two more, then a player option after that. Jared Allen right. has four years left on his deal. Garland just signed his five year extension in July, right. and then Mobley is on his rookie deal, so he's there for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Like this is a team that you know, you're talking about some of these picks they sent out twenty seven and twenty nine. Like they'll still have all these guys if everything stays together. Yeah, it, it, there's a runway there for them to really grow and gel together um, and, and just have some fun. I mean, I, I there's, I think there is, um, it gets underrated how important it is when you are in a real rebuild to have like a good sense or a good feeling of that. And I feel like this team, I mean, we've already seen them tweeting back and forth at each other, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, you know, the various guys, everybody seems really excited and energized for it. So um, to me, the East gets a little bit tougher. Again, I'm not ready to put them in that top tier with the Boston's, the teams that have already kind of gone through you know, the playoffs multiple times and really know who they are. But they're a team to me that I think is just going to be so intriguing, so fun, so dynamic. And now I think we, Darius Garland, I have a pretty good sense of, of what kind of player he's going to be. He could still surprise us and make a big leap. I think with Donovan Mitchell, I feel pretty confident. I know exactly what kind of player he is. Jared Allen, same thing. Now to me, it all comes down to Evan Mobley, who to me has such a high upside. I don't know if he'll get there. I don't know when he'll get there, but to me now I look at that team and go, okay, they have some really nice pieces. They have one guy to me that is a superstar. They got some star players, but they got one guy who can be a superstar in Evan Mobley. And now we get to kind of sit back and watch and see if he grows into that. And it'll be interesting to see for me to see like when who they stagger, like who eventually they stagger. Well, there there will be Mitchell Mobley lineups. There will be right. Garland Allen lineups. There will be Mitchell Allen lineups. Like which ones which ones work together the best? That's going to be the interesting thing to see in the regular season. And so we know those four guys. Those those four guys are interchangeable a little bit. You can play them kind of all together. You can play them all separately. And then there's Isaac Okoro, who's the fifth guy in that starting lineup. Right, uh, probably. Right. We didn't even mention him. And a lot of a lot of stuff hinges on him already. Uh, I know Locked yeah. On Cavs is already kind of talking about him. Like, dang, we're going to talk about him a lot this year because uh, it all yeah. seems to hinge on him. If his jump shot develops a little bit more, and defensively, like they have the small backcourt, but Isaac Okoro could be that guy that covers up a couple of those holes. 
No question about it. They've, they've just got a lot of pieces. They're a very fun team. Um, I, I'm in. I'm in on the Cavs this year. <laughs> I do think last year they were a feel-good story. Yeah. And they kind of pole vault past a few steps now to where they're just like, you know, the clock almost starts ticking a little bit quicker than maybe you would have expected. But, um, you know, that I like that in the NBA. I like when a team makes a move like that. And most of all, Nick, I like when it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. This trade yeah, makes sense to me. And it's hilarious that it came out of nowhere because, like, when it happened, you're like, "Oh, there you go." Because, <laughs> because when it happened, I'm like, "This is great." Yeah, there's there's always like those rumblings or talks, like, "Oh, the Cavs with this Colin Sexton thing that could be some kind of sign and trade or something that they come that they you know that they do." And you're like, oh, "Okay, that'd be cool if like this small market Cavs team that's young up and coming team, but maybe it's maybe it's a little early for them to make a go to like a a win now move." And boom, they make it out of nowhere. All of a sudden, you have this this new it, it like changes the whole team basically, right? Like we right. we kind of knew these guys, and now all of a sudden you bring in Donovan Mitchell, who's probably their number one option on offense now he's probably like their number one and that just changed that changes a lot of the dynamics of that team my, my hot take is i still i might like i'm not a big donovan mitchell guy full disclosure i mean he's a great player he's really tough cover i i kind of like I, I wonder who the primary defensive assignment is now i wonder yeah. who it is that, that they that draws that first one because whoever it is the other guy is probably going to have a good night and this team already kind of has a decent bench, too. Like, if Ricky Rubio comes back, they have Karis LeVert still. Right. Kevin Love, Chetty Osman is, is fine. Like, they have a couple other pieces. So, it's not like this team is just, like, super top-heavy without any kind of uh, bench at all, too. So, it'll be interesting to see this team grow together. I'm interested to see how the Cavs play this year. There's all kinds of questions that we can talk about. You can go listen to Locked on Cavs. They'll have... All the angles all year. Coming up, let's talk about a different angle. The Jazz side of it. The Jazz now have just been completely torn down. They were broken by the Dallas Mavericks, Adam R, as they were. They were destroyed by them. We'll talk about their rebuild, what they're starting with now. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me give you a, um, a PSA from the NHTSA. Do you think it's, are you one of those people that think it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is our reaction time is way slower when you're high. Not only do you put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzz kill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, Adam, we are continuing on this Donovan Mitchell trade that came out of nowhere that's just exciting. It's just one of those things where you see the Woj bomb and it just, ah, as someone that covers the NBA, and I'm sure for you as well, it just makes you happy. Just all of a sudden, like your heart starts racing, you're ready to go. And then there's so many different angles and sides that you can look at. Let's look at the, totally. let's look at the Utah Jazz side. So they get Colin Sexton, Larry Markin, and Oche Ogbaji, three unprotected picks. They get the swaps as well. And Colin Sexton signed a four-year, $72 million deal to join the Jazz now. And uh, the Jazz kickstart their rebuild with this and then the Gobert deal. It's interesting. Seven first-round picks and three pick swaps. <laughs> like Jeez. It's so funny how a team goes from, you know, to your point, you know, trying to contend. I think the wheels really fell off for maybe two years ago. Yeah. And then they, they just have kind of been like slow crashing since then. But you go from two seasons ago, are they a real contender? Is this the chance? Is their window open? They blow a giant lead in the bubble. And here they are now with seven draft picks, three pick swaps. And it's like, no full on reset. Yeah. And Oh, by the way, they also got a bunch of players, Walker Kessler, Malik mm -hmm. Beasley, yeah. Taylor Norton, Tucker, Jared Vanderbilt, Achaya Baji, Larry Markinen, Colin Sexton. Like, 
before you even get to the future picks, you still have a bunch of young players now that might turn out to be really good players. So I don't know. I don't, um, I hate the NBA when they, when we celebrate, uh, teams that just load up on draft picks. I saw an ESPN earlier. It was like, who won the off season? And they were like, Utah. I'm like, well, they went from a good team to a bad team. Are we sure they, are we sure they won? But nonetheless, they're set up to, I mean, have a lot of flexibility, whichever direction they choose to go. Yeah, well, since the since the hinky thing, right? Since since the bottoming out of, right. of the Sixers with all that, it's been like almost this. It's almost been like a weird, like Cold War, like arms race, but to picks if you're tanking, right? It's like all right, right. let's just get as many as we can and just try to try to like combine. They have 13 unprotected or lightly protected picks through 2029. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Honestly, I hate that though. This is ridiculous. So many. And by the way. This is how the NBA works. This is a sneaky, untold story of the NBA, that there are these moments in time, and the most high profile of these was with Golden State when the uh, we didn't do the cap smoothing, so we had the yeah. one year with the Giants, and it allowed them to afford Kevin Durant. This is We're in this weird period of time. It's like a three-year run or two-year run where every star player is worth double the amount of picks they were Ever. five years ago. Yeah. And Utah somehow managed to take advantage of two players. And I don't know if this is just how it is going forward. If five years from now, superstars cost four or five draft picks, or maybe we're just in a little bubble. And Utah was like, wow, look at this draft picks bubble. Let's trade our two guys, get 13 draft picks. And five years from now, they're just going to stay loaded. It's like, well, it's like the big short. Have you ever seen that movie about the house, yeah. about the housing market where they just start there? Uh, the, oh, what's the guy's name? He's Schmidt on new girl. He's a, uh, Max Green, Max Greenfield is just like handing out loans. He's just like the lower the credit score, the better for me. I'm just handing out loans, and eventually, like, like we know that it pops, and like eventually it bursts, and it then all of a sudden all those are just worth, like all those buildings are just worthless now at a certain point. And uh, I wonder if that's going to be what it's going to be like for these picks. Um, Maybe, but it, you mentioned there's something to it. I will say there is something to it, and we saw some of the moves Oklahoma City made this year were totally moves that were like everybody knew that they're. 27th and 31st pick wasn't worth anything to them because they already have eight picks in a draft. They don't want nine rookies on their roster. (laughs) So maybe the same thing runs into Utah. I don't, I don't know. They'll probably have to play their hand differently. According to Woj, Utah also has um, Bogdanovich, Clarkson and Conley that they're apparently going to try to get more, more picks maybe out of, but they're going to, they're going to trade those guys probably. So dumb. Uh, they have Malik. They have Malik Beasley too. Larry Markin and Stanley Johnson. Like those guys. Those are their older guys. <laughs> well, I will say this though: Mike Conley can help a team win a championship. Boyan Bogdanovich can help a team win a championship. Uh, Jordan Clarkson maybe can help a team win a championship. Like they have pieces now that I don't know that they're going to get these type of deals. If they do, so help us all. But nonetheless, who they trade those team those players to will probably impact the season. Yeah, for sure. They they're gonna be like the next OKC that trades a Al Horford and is huge in the in the finals right. and in the in the Eastern Conference finals. Like that's who it's gonna come down to. So I wouldn't be surprised if these guys enter the season just just because Danny Age has got time now, right? He's like, all right, I'm just right. gonna sit back and wait till the right deal comes. Uh what about those? So they'll get more picks for those guys. But what about these players they already have? Like, does any of these guys stand out to you? Colin Sexton, Agbaji, Vanderbilt, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, Ugh. Walker Kessler. Yeah. Walker Kessler is interesting to me. I mean, he's kind of a more almost traditional, it seems, center and blocks a lot of shots. But the number, his block rate in college was insane. Like it wasn't, he was, he was a huge outlier. So he's intriguing to me. You know, 
I, I'm not a huge Chayabaji guy, but I mean, he's a rookie. He can shoot the ball. He's got some athleticism. So who knows? Um, outside of that, I don't know. I'm not in love with any of these guys, to be honest with you. Um, you're not, you're yeah, not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready for the Taylor Horton Tucker Renaissance. Like every single Lakers player that they ever trade away is like Brandon Ingram. Yeah, yeah for real. Russell makes an All Star team. Like all these guys. I, I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker's a guy I like, but it's he's like Malik Beasley. They're not guys that are cornerstone pieces. Right, They're good right. players that could be a good role players on better teams, but that's not where they are. They're gonna Malik Beasley is gonna get a lot of shots up next year. If they end up trading Conley, Clarkson, and Bogdanovich, is this the worst team in the NBA? It might be. It might be by design. I mean, I don't even know. If you get rid of those guys, I don't know what your roster is. I don't know who's who's handling the ball. Who you know? What are you trying yeah. to accomplish there? So, um, and I, like I said, I think they will trade those guys. This is what's interesting. Is now the interesting part happens because all of those players can make an impact. Yeah, and and hopefully on teams like the Mavericks and the Nuggets, they get in on that and they get some of these guys, uh, especially for our listeners over on our shows that are probably always asking, can we get these guys? Can we get these guys? Right. Um, on the on the Knicks side of things, so trade talks started with them way back. I mean, they've been they've been they've been in this game for months talking about Donovan Mitchell. It almost seemed like it was an inevitability. A lot of us thought. Uh, ESPN just did that GM like scout um, coach survey yeah. of like 15 like people from around the league and they asked where do you think Donovan Mitchell will play and there was, there was like 11 responses for the Knicks like they didn't give him multiple choice but it was like the Knicks were the number one and then it was the Utah Jazz I think were number two no I think it was 14 people said the New York Knicks <laughs> yeah. one person said the Utah Jazz if I recall it was, a lot. It was like overwhelmingly it's everybody thought it was going to happen even in the league and so and you know who else thought it was going to happen the New York Knicks <laughs> Because this is what happened. You know, they did the thing where they, you know, they were, they, they took the first pitch. They, they you know, like, we're not mm-hmm. swinging. We're going to, they took a second pitch. They took a third pitch. They're like, all right, we're comfortable here. We're, we're going to make this guy throw us a strike. And all of a sudden out of left field, this other deal happened. I think this is somewhat, I don't want to say catastrophic for the Knicks because I just don't think Donovan Mitchell was that great, but it certainly felt like he was playing A, B, and C. And they played their hand extremely poorly and end up getting outbid here. So to me, I look at that and I go, the Knicks, the new, the new Knicks, by the way, the Knicks are very well known, a CAA team, Donovan sure. Mitchell, a CAA client. Yep. So to me, if I am a Knicks front office person right now, or if I'm Knicks ownership, I'm probably looking at this going, this is not the way you guys said this was going to play out. <laughs> I'll take your baseball metaphor a little bit further. They even stepped up to the plate when they came to Dallas and uh, attended Mavericks versus Jazz. Like, and their entire <laughs> front office and everybody was there. Like, Worldwide West, every Leon Rose, everybody uh. was there in Dallas to to take on this. And and we thought, like, oh, they're here for Jalen Brunson. Well, they're also there for Donovan Mitchell too. They wanted right. they wanted both of them, and they had a path to both of them. Um, but I have a hard time like being mad at the Knicks if they if they offered this this deal. So Woj tweeted this out. You could tell immediately like some some of these reports. You're like, oh, the Knicks are doing damage control for of their course. fans, so they know that they actually offered and they didn't just like fart around and not really offer a a deal. So the deal was, according to Woj, at the start of July, it was going to be R.J. Barrett. Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, three unprotected first round picks. Now, Zach Lowe clarified that two of those picks were going to be Knicks picks and another one was going to be another one of those first round picks they got in the draft for all that. Which which deal would you rather have had? The one that the the uh, the Jazz got or this Knicks pick, this Knicks package? I like RJ Barrett better than any piece that came back. I don't know what Utah's 
plan is here though like utah clearly wants draft capital yeah and then they're going to make a move off of that because i don't think any of the players that they got are that exciting rj barrett i think is a good player is he further along in a timeline did they not like him so i i don't know i look at that um i probably like the knicks pick better personally it just clearly seems like it was against whatever utah was wanting they were wanting picks they weren't wanting players it appears um and, and that's what they went for I kind of would almost rather have the Knicks picks than the Cavs picks too because of how young well. those Cavs guys are, right? <laughs> Man, both teams, it's like you're betting on a horse because these picks, again, are, are six, seven years away. Yeah, right. And who who are you counting on to be more incompetent six, seven years down the line? Man, that's a tough, real Sophie's choice. <laughs> Dan Gilbert or yeah, Go with uh, JD in the straight shot over there. In New two, York, two, in New yeah, two JD in the straight shot. That's two winning horses you're betting on right there. I think is that what his horse's name is called? The straight shot. Like that's a good horse name. I think that's his. That was the yeah. It probably it probably it's a better horse name than band name. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh all right coming up let's talk a little bit more of the knicks and then i want to get into Eurobasket. slovenia played lithuania it was a great game today germany beat Heck france yeah. uh, some great stuff adam was all over these so we'll talk about that coming up all right adam we're continuing our talk about donovan mitchell and uh now the new york knicks they don't get donovan mitchell and now they kind of just walk into the season with their big acquisition of Jalen Brunson. They have Jalen Brunson. RJ Barrett signed his extension, but they but he knows that he was in trade discussions, and so I don't know if anyone thinks that they're safe over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's talks about you know Evan Fournier being in a deal sent away. They still have Julius Randle. Mitchell Robinson's still there. Uh, they apparently the Knicks apparently balked on including Quentin Grimes in a trade with RJ Barrett, so they didn't want to put both of those guys in a deal. I like Quentin Grimes, so I I, I can't blame him for that. I like him. I think he's good. What are your thoughts on on this Knicks team going into the season now? They've got to be a little bummed. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, not only did Donovan Mitchell not go to the Knicks, but he went out to a team in the East that probably leapfrogs them. And and, and I real I fully recognize that when I say they leapfrog them, they were already ahead of them. What I'm saying though is, you made the splash to get Jalen Brunson. You think, okay, we're climbing in the standings. It's like no. Cleveland's climbing higher than you are now yeah. and you're down there. So I look at teams like Miami heat, Boston Celtics, Milwaukee bucks, Philadelphia, 76ers, Toronto Raptors, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Sure. Those teams are all to me pretty much a lock to be better than the Knicks or, or, or I think have a really good chance. And then you've got teams like the bulls, the nets, mm-hmm. the Hawks, uh, the Knicks to me, sadly, after all of this, this would be so Knicks for them to have all this excitement, big moves, big splash play in team. <laughs> and, it's, and it's another it's another like star that was destined to go to the Knicks that in in uh, the same vein as Zion and Kevin Durant, right. and Kyrie Irving and all those that have come before them. And so now I this think, one felt even more inevitable, though, to me, Nick, like yeah. this one actually could the New York connection there, the, <laughs> just how open a secret it was. This one to me feels like a real miss, even if I don't personally think Donovan Mitchell is, you know, worth being that excited for the way the Knicks were, it still felt like it was going to happen and it didn't. All the Donovan Mitchell tweeting about the Mets all offseason. Like anytime anytime I saw that come through my tweet deck, I'm like, man, it's just destined to happen with the Knicks and, and for him to be there and you can imagine MSG. But but yeah, the Knicks, I mean, they got relatively better over the offseason and now it's just like it's not as exciting as it would have been if they got if they had Donovan Mitchell. So that's the team they walk into. Hope hoping for a cut for some uh internal development and then we'll see what happens all right let's move over to Eurobasket. there was a, a Eurobasket started with group play and there was a bunch of, of really interesting games starting with uh slovenia versus lithuania 
Yeah, this might be the game of pool play, to be honest. They're the best game, and, and I thought it was a fantastic game. Luca kind of shaky in this one. So if people don't know, Lithuania and Slovenia, two of the five best teams, maybe four best teams in all of all of this. So the fact that they squared off yeah. in the very first game in pool play, you know, that, that's pretty meaningful. And then on top of that, they have a really tough uh, – they, they kind of got a tough bracket. So this was one of those games where you looked at France's in this bracket, uh, who's going to be a very good team. They have, there's one other good team in this one. I can't remember what, what other team was in it. Is it uh, Bosnia? Bosnia is in this one. Mm-hmm. So you look at it and say, hey, some good team is going to get knocked out in this pool. And whatever team won this one had a very good inside shot of winning, of of being the one seed basically out of out of this group. And Slovenia just narrowly edged him out thanks to Luka Doncic not having a great game, but having a fantastic close to the game. Germany, the other team in the, in this group B, um, that we think will be right. will be decent. They actually beat France today, but yeah, it was in Luka in this game. He went four fourteen. He did not shoot the ball well at all, but it just had a classic Luka game where he's just smiling at guys. He's flopping. He's <laughs> like getting in people's heads. Like Jonas Valanciunas and. And Sabonis, both for uh, for Lithuania, both clocked Luca right in the nose in different different moments in this game. Luca just took it, went to the free throw line, and his passing. He had ten assists, but th- those are FIBA assists. The, the, like they they measure assists differently in FIBA than they do in the NBA. If these were NBA, like if these were John Stockton Utah Jazz type assists that they were that they were counting, he would have had 14, 15, something like that. He was just passing all over the place, and that's what really unlocked their win. Slovenia is just better when they their guards are going, their three pointers are going down they went 10 of 28 in this game which is not great for them but it was still just right. enough to get it going and then with Jonas Valanciunas and Demonis Sabonis Lithuania wants to play inside they want to play with those big guys and they didn't really get them going very much I don't know if I love that pairing and, and this is one of the difficult things here is they've you know Lithuania is going to need some shooting they just don't have a ton of it um Kuzminskis is a guy that I think maybe plays a little bit better as a stretch four there yeah but how hard is that to bench an NBA player like an actual and a good one big Val Sabonis those are good NBA players I just don't know if they're good NBA players together um so that was a tough loss I mean if Slovenia was favored in this game they were supposed to win they did win it was narrow but to me that that will probably be the game of pool play, and it happened on day number one. Uh, another game that was kind of interesting: France loses to Germany. Germany wins 70, what the heck seventy six to sixty three, and uh, France has Gobert, Fournier, Te- uh, Luau Cabarro, Teo Maladon, uh, Yabusele. If you remember him, Elia Kobo. Of course, if you remember him. Some of these guys, and uh, and they go first down. team all but. <laughs> and they go down to Dennis Schroeder, Franz Wagner, uh, Daniel Tice is on the on the German team. He didn't he doesn't start for them, but uh, an interesting game for Germany. Oh, an interesting game for Germany. Such a disappointing game for France, who comes in as one of the favorites in all of this, and they lose to Germany. Who again? You mentioned it. Franz Wagner, very good player. Germany played great. Wagner played by the way tonight with no fear. And this is my biggest note from this game: Rudy Gobert. A stifle tower, the no, defensive player of the year. No blocks. Nobody was afraid of him in this game. <laughs> it was actually laughable how much the, that Germany was going at him. And Franz Wagner, one of the highlights of the of the game, driving right at him, uh, goes to this little spin move and just shoots a little Dirk shot, actually. At, at, uh, and a night when Dirk's German jersey was being retired hey. to the to the Raptors, Franz Wagner uh, shoots a one-legged Dirk fadeaway over him like it was nothing, almost <laughs> as if it was an, in, it was an insulting Dirk one-legged fadeaway. 
Um, so this was the this was the shocker of the night that France, one of the favorites, looks so pathetic. And so this is group play. So it doesn't mean they get knocked out just yet, but they're in that really tough group that we mentioned before. And so now right. they now they kind of have an upward climb as they're trying yep. to uh, to get out of it now. Uh, what are sixty three the- points by the way? Sixty three points they scored. What the heck? Man? Yeah. What was the there was. Uh, a Sp- Spain scored 114 in their game. <laughs> right. <laughs> France scored 63. Unbelievable. I don't think this France team, like this France team, doesn't have as many like like uh, NBA players as they used to have. Right. Let's like, go, Bear Fournier. They got enough. Like uh, that's, that's fine. I don't know. Not. It's They've like, got it's enough not, to it's beat like Germany. Tony, it's like when Tony Parker used to be on their team. I can't believe you're not standing harder for just the the Dirk magic. You don't think this had anything to do with Dirk's jersey getting retired? A oh, little it, extra it had everything to do stuff? with it. He was there. Their jersey. There was a great montage that was played. There was there was there celebration. Go. There was Mark Cuban was there, and and Jason Kidd sporting a new like arm sleeve tattoo that he's finishing. Like there's just all kinds of good stuff. Oh wow, <laughs> I didn't. I missed that part. I missed that detail. It's uh, it's sneaky. You miss it if you, yeah. if you're not paying well, attention. That's that's the kind of detail you get on these locked on shows because we're following every team. Uh, great detail what other games stuck out to you today um bosnia and herzegovina narrowly beating hungary they actually had a pretty comfortable lead before completely choking it away um but they do get a 10 point a little bit of a comfortable win um and then the other one is turkey and montenegro a close game uh in this one i'm kind of surprised actually with how close it was uh turkey is a team that i think should be pretty good and um you know one one of I don't know about a, t- a contender to win it all, but they should be a team that that at least in that uh, group group A they should be at the top of that. And the fact that they struggled as much as they did uh, was a little bit surprising. Yeah, Turkey is interesting with Shangun and Furkan Korkmaz and Chetty Osman, and then the legend, the Mavs legend Shane Larkin, eighteen points. <laughs> How does Shane Larkin get to play for Turkey? That's <laughs> so I don't think people know that Shane Larkin is a legend in Europe. He's yeah. like Shane Larkin is like the Steph Curry of Europe. <laughs> well, he's a which legend is, in Dallas too. <laughs> for different, no, there reasons. You go. <laughs> different reasons not a bad not a bad game he could either come to the back to the nba and be shane larkin or he could go to <laughs> europe and be steph curry so he, he picked hey, right down i'm down for it it's like mike toby playing for slovenia he's like he's like their best center that they could ever have and in, in the nba he i don't know what he'd be <laughs> he's mike toby if i say anything bad about mike toby it really comes back to my channel <laughs> for locked on maps mm-hmm. um there you go that's Eurobasket. that's what happened in the nba today uh We'll continue to cover the um, the Lithuania Col- France tomorrow. That will be a good one. Lithuania France mm. is probably the game of tomorrow. So and, um, and games all too- weekend, all on ESPN Plus. Love it. Basketball's back. I've been telling oh, people yeah. this. Like if you're an NBA fan, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, mm. uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's if you turn on the TV. I know people think, oh, it's Eurobasket. This or that. You're gonna know all the guys. Yeah. It's good basketball. You're gonna know as many uh, guys as you would know in the NBA and or so care, care about, right? Like, it's so true, man. It's so true. I mean, look, I just mentioned three of the top what those six are the, players those in are the, the NBA. Probably the three best NBA players. Maybe the maybe the three best players. So we're biased. This is a, <laughs> I'm into it, man. I'm into Eurobasket. I'm excited for it. And uh, it's only going to pick up steam next week when you get into the elimination round. There you go. You can go and follow Locked On Nuggets. Adam Mares and Matt Moore doing great stuff over there. I with Isaac Harris on Locked On Mavs. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. (laughs) 